0: and welcome, you are listening to the Happiness Hacks podcast and I'm your host, Nancy Jane Smith. I'm a licensed professional counselor and in this podcast, I share my stories, lessons and hacks I've learned and I continue to learn on my quest to live happier. The show notes and the complete transcript can be found at live-happier.com backslash podcast and this is episode 80, random observations about our inner dialogue. Hey, everyone. Excited to be back here on a Sunday. Yay, I'm back on track on my commitment to doing this once a week and having them released on Sundays. And so this week's episode is episode 80. I can't believe that. We've done 80 episodes of these little happiness hacks podcasts. And today I want to talk about some random observations I've found about the monger and our inner dialogue and I was thinking about doing each one as an individual thing and they might show up individually as I flush them out. But I just wanted to touch on touch on them today as a summary episode, I guess you'd say. And so there are three of them, three random observations. <laughs> Okay, so the first one I want to talk about is the idea that our mongers tend to get chattier when we are taking risks that mean more to us. And so I want to give an illustration of that that actually comes from a client that was just a fascinating idea that she had applied, she is a performer by nature, an actress. And she, her manga is very chatty when she's applying for different acting gigs and very, you know, telling her how much she's going to suck or who does she think she is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Not surprising. And so the more she wants a part, the louder her monger is. And I think that is is the illustration of what I'm talking about because the more we are in line with what it is we really want to be doing and where our heart's desire really is, the louder our monger is going to get. So this was illustrated clearly when she, on a whim, decided to apply to be in the pit orchestra for a performance. And she was going to play her instrument, and she didn't really, she played the instrument in in high school. Like, she had experience. It wasn't like she was a total novice, but she didn't have a ton of experience, and there were people that had more experience with her that were playing next to her. But the performance just needed band members. They didn't really care. You didn't have to try out. It was pretty easy to to become a member of the pit orchestra. And she joined it, and she loved it. She had a great time, and her monger was practically silent the entire time like even though she knew she wasn't good and she knew she wasn't hitting the right notes all the time she just had a great time and her monger was not really a player in that activity and so it was interesting that we realized that here that activity brought her great joy but it wasn't really what she wants to be doing she doesn't really want to be playing in the orchestra it's a fun activity but it's not you know one that she really is tied to. And so it's interesting to observe that when your monger is getting loud, it usually means you're on to something. And so to really pay attention to those times that your monger is really talking up and getting really loud. And I know for me during this book, my monger has been very loud. And you know, my, my husband jokes, I don't have a monger, I have a demon because she's been particularly loud. I think my next book will be something about that topic because you know, here I wrote a book on Fighting your mongers and my monger has gotten even louder. But I think that is because I'm onto something. Other people I know are, are, are really putting themselves out there with their artwork and they're really exploring that particular vein of their work and their monger is super loud. And that's what happens. The closer we get to what it is we really want to do, the louder our monger gets. So that was random observation number one. And then, random observation number two is as we learn to quiet our mongers and bring in our biggest fan, there is gonna be a gap where we kind of miss the monger and i know this sounds crazy and a little counterintuitive because why would we miss this voice that's totally shaming us all the time but we miss that voice because that voice brings us drama it brings us something to do it brings us something to mull over and think on and obsess about and all of that activity that our brain does it kind of occupies us Is stimulating and dramatic and kind of fun in a weird way. It's comfortable. And so once we learn how to get rid of that constant obsessing, there's an empty vacuum that is kind of created where there's like, wait a minute, I have just spent a long time, (laughs) many years of my life being in this drama place. And now I got to learn how to function without that. And so just to pay attention as you're doing this work. Of, of that concept and sometimes we will go into the monger just to get that drama because it is comfortable you know it goes back to that sweater analogy I always use that we put on the sweater of the monger and initially the sweater is comfortable it's familiar We know what it's like to obsess and to worry and to constantly be playing all the different scenarios and kind of figuring out the right way. And that feels good. And then over time, the sweater gets really itchy because it's like, I don't want to be obsessing about this so much. I don't want to be stressing all the time. I don't want to be checking everything off my to-do list. I want to be living my life. And so the sweater gets really itchy and we have to take the sweater off. And so that's the concept of the monger is that it's not all evil and we don't want the monger we know it's bad for us and yet part of it is comfortable you know it's just like a glass of wine we know that alcohol has no real redeeming value and yet we drink it because it makes us feel good until until we have too much and then it makes us feel bad just like the monger the monger initially makes us feel good it makes us feel safe it makes us feel protected and makes us feel comfortable until it doesn't and then it starts to make us feel bad so I want to kind of open up that conversation a little bit in your in your brain and make some space for that because until we can admit that we need our monger and that we find it comfortable, it's really hard to quiet it. If we're constantly pushing it away like it's some evil demon, <laughs> we won't integrate it into our whole being and we need to integrate the monger. It's one of the voices there. And if we learn how to live with that voice and integrate it into the biggest fan, then we can start making some real changes. So the that random idea is that the monger is comfortable, and that's okay, but it still hurts us, and we need to figure out a way around it. And then the last random observation I have is the concept of intellectualizing versus practice. And I think for a lot of us that have this monger work, we're used to intellectualizing. You know, we intellectualize our feelings, we intellectualize a problem, we're problem solvers, we're constantly trying to come up with the next solution, and so when it comes to the work around quieting your monger and bringing in your biggest fan, there's a level of, of practice that has to happen. It's not just reading about it. It's not just reading all these books and getting all these ahas, which is wonderful and awesome it is actually you have to practice you have to practice ask you have to sit down and acknowledge your feelings you have to slow down and get into your body you have to kindly pull back and see the big picture you have to take it all the way through and so that idea of that it's not just intellectualizing it's not just sitting there being like oh I got to practice ask and not actually practicing it or oh there's my monger again but not actually doing anything about it That's where we get into trouble. And so just like sitting around, you know, if we were reading all these books on working out and stretching and how to stretch and the perfect yoga poses and the great way to, you know, eight minute abs, and we weren't actually doing the workouts, it doesn't do any good. And it's the same thing when it comes to our mongers. We have to actually do the work that is involved in quieting them. And that's where the glitch comes from, because for a lot of us, we don't want to do that work. And I get it. You know, I even after knowing that I need to do the work, I still kind of been resistant to it. You know, earlier this week, I was pushing myself really hard and I had a bunch of deadlines I was trying to hit. And I was just kind of a manic in my jumping from task to task to task, and it took all I had to step back from the computer, slow down, get into my body, I turned on some music, I did a little dance party in my office, and then I felt a thousand times better, and when I came back to my desk, my... Mind was clear, I was able to focus, I could get the task done. That's random fact number three, is that I need you to not be intellectualizing this process, I need you to be practicing this process, and then bringing that practice and the questions you have around that practice up to the forefront, so then you can figure out new ways around them. Okay, that's the show, the three random things about our inner dialogue. If you have any questions, please email me, nancyjane at live-happier.com. I'm collecting questions for my monthly Q&A podcast. So feel free to email me or you can go to the live-happier.com backslash podcast. And there's a link there where you can simply enter your question. And I will see you guys next Sunday for another episode. Here's to living happier.